Hello, hello guys. How you doing? Hope you ha all had a good New Year, a uh, good break. I certainly did. I was uh, traveling on holiday. That's why there's nothing that's been up uh, the last couple weeks. But I'm excited for 2019 and what's to come and uh, excited for the New Year. I have a couple of things planned um, that I want to get up and running, specifically with the podcast, that I'm quite excited about. So we'll see what happens with that. But nonetheless, uh, this is the first one, first one of the year, these uh, weekly sports talk show. I'm glad I can get this back. I'm doing it a little bit early this time, recording on a Saturday as I'm uh, traveling back to Europe uh, tomorrow. So this is going to be out a little bit early. Uh, but I want to touch on a few things that sort of came up over so sort of the last week uh, and then a little bit before that. So the first thing was Liverpool City game. It came up midweek. That was obviously quite exciting. Uh, LeBron versus Jordan and that whole argument um, and what's been going on in NBA Twitter. The Raptors without Kyle Lowry. Game of the season, I think, in the NBA in Golden State and with Harden and what's, what's happened, what's going on with Golden State. Antonio Brown and the Steelers. And then a little bit about the playoffs in the NFL. And lastly, um, the uh, Canadian tennis phenom right now, uh, Bianca Andreescu. I probably mispronounced the name, but um, yeah, I'm going to touch a little bit on her. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the Liverpool and City midweek game. So if, if, if people or uh, EPL fans out there and did get a chance to watch the game, it was very, very exciting. Uh, great 90 minutes of football, back and forth. Both teams were exceptional. Uh, the top talent was pretty much out there, although... It was kind of surprising that De Bruyne didn't play for City. I don't know if that's because he was injured or if Pep just didn't want to go with him. Although to be fair, I mean Bernardo Silva and Fernandinho. As much of uh, I don't think he, I don't as a Liverpool fan, I'm not a big fan. I think he should have been booked a number of times during that game, but he played exceptionally well. And the thing with that game that I think was uh, it really shows you how how fine how how much of a fine line sports is is uh, the margins, the margins on some of the stuff that happened during the game and how close many different things were. So, for example, the money shot uh, before the goal line clearance, if that, I think, is one or two centimeters to the right, that's a goal. And then even then, so John Stones kicks it off. Ederson goes back towards the line, and I think it was in the end 1.1 centimeter. Um, the ball was from being fully across the line. And also, if you re watch the replay again, Salah actually tries to deflect it in, but if his foot is maybe a little bit further down, he might have had a chance to tip it in, and then it's a goal. And... Obviously, it's not the most exciting thing for Liverpool to happen because now it went from 10 points up on City, which is it's quite quite uh, insurmountable, I would say, in, Jan in uh, quite a good lead in January, to now four points. So obviously it means the, the second half of the season is going to be quite exciting. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Liverpool doesn't have too many big games. I think they still have United, Chelsea, and Tottenham left. Uh, where City and Tottenham, I think, have a few more of the big opponents. But then again, you have to beat the competition in front of you, so it just means that they uh, have to be ready for every week. The other thing was, uh, just sort of going back to the game in terms of what Klopp was doing, um, I don't know why Fabinho didn't start um, instead of Henderson or Milner. It made no sense because he's been in great form. And I also think, like, Shakiri came on, I think, in the 75th minute, if I can remember correctly, and he... I don't think he was given enough time because they needed more attacking. They need as soon as City. I mean, City Sane did score the goal like quite late, so I guess that's why Klopp made the decision. But I don't know. I think I think he's been unbelievable for him, and I think he needs to get more minutes um, uh, on the squad. The other thing was the Aguero goal, the City goal. If you watch it back, it obviously happened again with Lovren. Uh, now I've talked about Lovren previously on the podcast, and most people know how I feel. I don't think he's a very good central defender. It's obviously tough because Gomez is injured. Don't know why Matip didn't get a chance, but. I mean, that, that was that was on him. He, he didn't track Aguero. And again, Aguero is obviously an unbelievable striker and when healthy, probably the best in the EPL. 
but uh, <laughs> comes back to Lofin. Either way, it, uh, I think the second half of the season is going to be really, really exciting. Every game, every week um, is going to be really, really good. And the, between the two heavyweights, um, really, really excited for what's to come. So on to the sort of the next one. And the big topic in the NBA the last uh, week has sort of been, besides the games, has been LeBron versus Jordan. So there was a clip that came out. Uh, ESPN did... Uh, they were doing like a behind the athlete, I think it was called, or something, Athlete Plus, something for their online platform where they were doing a documentary on LeBron. And so cameras were around, he was talking to his friends. And so the way, what happened was he sort of said, oh, like he was talking about how when they beat Golden State, came back from 3-1 in 2016, he he thought first like, oh my God, this is amazing. City of Cleveland, have won a championship for so long. This is great. And then the second one was like, oh wow, like just because I did this, um, I, I think I'm the greatest of all time. And I mean... It's it's foolish, I think, to for him to make that statement. Obviously, a bunch of greats came out this week. A lot of people, um, I think, blasted the guy. And in my opinion, rightly so, because you can't really call yourself the greatest of all time. That other, like like Jordan sort of said. So Jordan came out a couple of days after that statement, an interview with Michael Wilbon, in which he sort of said, like, it's not up for me to decide. That's up for everybody else to decide if I'm the greatest because and and even I think he there was a there was a clip from also when he was playing and how people were or right after he retired and people were saying like oh do you think like because you won six titles you never lost in the finals um, you always build your team like your your averages and statistics were crazy do you think you're the greatest and he said it, it you can't compare because Magic and Bird were in different eras Kareem was in a different era Bill Russell was in a different era and it I think does a disservice to those guys to to say that you're way better better than them when you can't you didn't play them the thing with LeBron is like you can't to me you can't lose in five finals and call yourself the greatest like you can't go into Dallas and score what like six points in the finals game and be the greatest of all time like Jordan there's a statistic I saw where Jordan uh, it's it was Jordan never scored under 20 points in the finals game ever and so you LeBron can't like I remember the first the first couple things when he went to Miami obviously the Dallas series and then the, even when he first went to one against the Spurs in 2007 and got his team there, which, I mean, is, to be fair, an accomplishment itself because that team wasn't great. Obviously, the East wasn't great that year, too, because they got swept. But even then, like, you can't lose five finals and not show up and then be, oh, yeah, I'm the greatest. The other thing is, I, I think it's more just watching him in general. Like, LeBron's a big flopper. And I, I know based on the conversations or the, the conversations you hear amongst the athletes who played with Jordan, played against Jordan, uh, even the people who watched him was Jordan never was always a fighter. I mean, you could see that in Kobe because Kobe was basically trying to emulate his entire thing was Jordan. The entire career was based on what Jordan did. And so Jordan never flopped. Like Jordan went at you. Jordan was in your face. He talked trash. He talked shit. And like LeBron's like crying to refs and he's flopping all over the place. He's getting fined. And don't get me wrong, like, I think personally, uh, LeBron is an unbelievable role model. I think what he's done for, like, the city of Cleveland, uh, what he's done with his foundation the, to build a school, the I Promise School, is absolutely impressive because he's really put his money where his mouth is, and he understands that his legacy is nothing to do with basketball um, and everything to do with what he does outside. So in that respect, like, I, I think he's a great person. But, I mean, as a per- like, I, the thing is I want to like him as a basketball player. I really, really do. But you make decisions like the Miami one, which I didn't really, obviously most people didn't really appreciate at the time. Um, and then even this one, going to L.A., I mean, what he's doing in L.A. is not a, was not a basketball decision, like, at the end of the day, let's be real. Like, he, he, I think in his mind, he thinks, like, the three titles are probably enough. Like, yeah, sure, it'd be nice to win one with the Lakers, but his entire position on this, I think, was more for his post-NBA um, career because he wants to do 
what Magic's done. He wants to become a billionaire. He wants to go to LA. He wants to, he's, I mean, he's created the media company uninterrupted with his business partner, Maverick Carter. Obviously right now there's his, uh, one of his best friends, Rich Paul owns, um, clutch sports agency. And that's another whole, I think, um, controversy that people don't talk about enough because so obviously LeBron's still playing in the NBA and his best friend, um, owns this sports agency that has like John Wall and Anthony Davis and Ben Simmons and the list goes on and on. And so having, it, it's kind of strange that uh, he, it's out there that he said that, oh no, I don't benefit. I don't like take any money from the company. But I mean, if your best friend is there and you helped create that. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's, there's clearly something there. Either way, um, I think like you can't, you can't, LeBron can't say he's the greatest until his career is done. Uh, Danny Ainge even said like he was, it was almost like a Trump-like statement where you create a narrative around what you're doing. And it, 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 that's what he basically did. I mean, it's even similar to like what LeVar Ball. So <laughs> there's a video that came out today. Um, I'm sure people will probably see this by the time this is out where LeVar Ball is like shooting threes. And I mean, yeah, of course he's older and his, his thing was like, uh, I, I, I was the greatest before and I'm not anymore. But like, I mean, <laughs> it's all talk at the end of the day. Like all of this is, is how much he can say and people, and the thing is the media swallows this up. The more outlandish statement you make, and this is happening everywhere, right? The more outlandish, the louder you are. doesn't matter if you're, if you're smart or intelligent or making good arguments. It's if you make something crazy and say something stupid. I mean, how do you think Stephen A. Smith has a job? And Skip Ellis to that extent too. I mean, that show is just them yelling at each other with base, like sometimes baseless takes where they just scream some stupid crap. Um, and then <laughs> it's also funny because they then argue with themselves. So either way, I think... Um, I mean, Jordan is clearly much better. Um, there's so many other players like like Bird, uh, like Magic, like Kareem, like Bill Russell. I mean, even Kobe, I think, are you could say better than LeBron. Yeah, maybe as a basketball player for the overall statistics that he's put up in terms of assists and rebounds, but like also Jordan and Kobe defended. Uh, like Jordan, I mean, what ten time first defense? Kobe was like the same as well. So I mean, I don't know. LeBron, LeBron also takes a lot of rest. And Jordan also played 82 games in nine seasons, and LeBron's never once done that. So, I don't know. It's, to me, it's not even an argument. Also, the other thing is that I think people should pay attention to is coming up in the next couple, uh, next year, I think, yeah, next year, 2020, is ESPN's releasing the Jordan documentary. And I think the other thing with that is most people our age never really got to watch Jordan, and I think it's a real travesty because, obviously, he doesn't grow up in the social media generation, so you didn't see a clip of him every night dunking on somebody or, or like, putting up 60 points or going to the garden putting 69 or... Like you, you don't see, we don't see those highlights because obviously it wasn't, wasn't the same back then. So I think in that sense, there's also a little bit of recency bias because we've seen what LeBron's done. You can clip everything that's happened. So it'll, uh, it'll be interesting. Maybe, maybe LeBron, maybe he wins two titles in LA and then, then maybe there's a real argument and he goes in and beats Golden State and everything's different. So the next thing I want to touch on was sort of the Raptors and where the Raptors are right now. Right now, things are not looking good. I think they're going through like a little bit of a mid-season rut. Obviously, people not being healthy with Kyle and Jonas out is not great. Um, but there have been some pretty bad losses, I think, last few weeks. So the Orlando one, uh, I think last week, week before, was pretty rough. Um, there, I mean, besides those two, Larry and Jonas being out, like the rest of the team was there and they they just fell flat on their face, and I get it. Like it's regular season, everybody, every team has games like that, but it's not. It doesn't look like a good thing. And then even the Spurs game on Thursday, so it was really happy. 
for DeRozan um, because he played really well and showed like obviously how much he's grown as a distributor. You sort of saw that last year uh, towards the end that like his assist numbers kept climbing up. He was passing out of double teams. He could run the pick and roll a bit more. It was it was less so he was an isolation scorer to more like okay he can now be a team guy. And I think Pop's done a good job in trying to and trying to um, grow that and and make sure he's doing better. So I. Besides that, though, the Raptors, I mean, they fell flat on their face. They came out, nothing in the first quarter. Um, the entire team didn't play well, and then basically after that, it was it was pretty much done. I think now, like, obviously, so the, it's been one and one since, so beat Utah, we have this, and then today and tomorrow, I think this weekend are very big games. So obviously Milwaukee comes, we're in Milwaukee tonight. I personally think that's probably going to be a loss, and then Indiana's tomorrow, and I actually just found out that it came out that uh, Nick Nurse is probably playing Kawhi uh, on the back-to-back. Uh, which is huge because it's his first back-to-back, and you see, can see if he's healthy, see if he's still productive. Again, this comes back to every point I sort of make. It's All of this is in preparation for the playoffs. This is all to make sure we're healthy and good to go come April because that's when it all matters. All of this is, I think, as long as we can keep a top four seed. Even I think Personally, I think we need a home court because going into Milwaukee or Boston, um, I mean, Philly I don't think is as good, but yeah, going into either of those two places, even Indy, to be honest, because Indy's played... Uh, very well. I mean, the fact they're a third seed is, I think, is really, really impressive. So I think if we, as long as we keep up, keep pace with the top, the top seeds in the East, uh, then I think we'll be okay. And then on another game that happened Thursday, which I mean, it was the game of the season in the NBA, if you ask me, is obviously the one that happened in Golden State. So the fact that Houston walked in, Chris Paul's out, Eric Gordon's out, James Harden's playing with Gerald Green and Austin Rivers and PJ Tucker and Clint Capella and Daniel House, who I'd never heard of before, <laughs> going into Golden State, uh, which in a team where Clay's healthy, Curry's healthy, Durant's healthy, Draymond's healthy, pretty much the rest of the team, Iggy's healthy, everybody, everybody was there. And they're up by 20, and James Harden single-handedly just goes and destroys them and brings it back, and wow, like what an absolute performance, especially the overtime. He just basically willed it uh, to happen. I mean, even the buzzer beater three, like, first of all, it shouldn't have come to that because the ref, the refs clearly uh, fucked up on that call. And I think it, that could have been an absolute disaster that the NBA would have had a big problem with because you you can't screw up a call like that. Now, obviously, it's, the, it's a regular season game, so it's it's not as in, uh, not as significant. But, I mean, it, it sort of reminds me of, like, big missed calls. So, like, I remember a couple of years ago when the Steelers were playing the Ravens and Jacoby Jones was running back and Tomlin was on the sideline and almost interrupted it, and it did, actually. Um, and there was talk that if... I mean, they got, the Steelers got fined, and he got fined a significant amount of money. I think they lost a draft pick as well, but I'll have to double-check that. Um, but, I mean, that was obviously huge. And the thing with this game is, like, let's say Harden doesn't hit that three-pointer. Obviously, that's the entire talk of the league, and you can't you can't go back and reverse the game. You can't play the game again. Um, so, I don't... First of all, it, it literally makes no sense uh, how they missed that. I remember Chris Paul tweeted, which was really funny, that the refs were doing the uh, bird box challenge on the court, which <laughs> is, uh, was, was quite timely. Um, so yeah, either way, I mean, Harden's been unbelievable. I think personally, I, I said this sort of on the page this week that if they, if they, if he gets a top two seed, I mean, I think Houston's fourth right now, if they get a top two seed, they compete for the West title, they maybe get a number one seed, uh, and he continues at what he's doing. Like, I mean, he's definitely, I think going to win MVP because they came from like, I mean, to start the season, Houston was like, everybody's like, oh my God, oh my God, Houston, like, are they going to make the playoffs? They're going to make the playoffs. And He's single-handedly, like, willed them back. I mean, it's what he's doing in the last 10 games, I think it's, like, what, he's averaging 42 or something? Um, he scored a stupid amount of points that only, like, Kobe and Jordan have done in the last, like, number of years. So he's been unbelievable. 
And obviously you have Giannis. Giannis right now is probably the front runner for MVP because he's his statistics and average. And obviously the Bucks are winning a bunch of games. They look really good. They're I think they have the best home record in the league as well. So I I think between those two, it'll it'll be interesting to see uh, the way it plays out in the regular season. The other thing with Harden is I think people also find him boring and find him difficult to watch because I mean he he does cheat a bit. Like obviously his step back, many people think to travel, including myself. Um, and he gets like blatant foul calls and everybody always looks but then again like he's he's gaming the system like there's a reason he's doing it and not everybody else can do it right because if everybody else says oh you can get fouls and you can draw ticky tackle why why aren't other stars going to the line as much as he has so he, obviously he there he's super like he's so skilled and um, so impressive so that's hopefully hopefully he wins I, I honestly love I think just them Houston and like Harden and Giannis going at it in a two-horse MVP race would be amazing so we'll see what happens on the flip side, you have uh, Golden State, who obviously, again, look shaky and beatable this year. I mean, the Raptors beating them twice, going into Golds and Golden State and doing that. Houston coming back and beating. Um, and my hope is DeMarcus Cousins comes in and just screws up the chemistry, and they fall flat on their face, and another one of the East West teams comes out like Houston, like a, like an L.A., like even Denver. Oh, my God, even Denver coming out and beating them would be amazing. And the other thing is I, I, I sort of love it's, – it's sad because we shouldn't love, but I, I just love to obviously hate on this team. And the fall of Draymond Green has been so impressive because personally to me, I don't think he's max player anymore. I mean, there's an argument that – uh, before, I think the last couple of years, you could have said he was probably Golden State's most important player. Um, I mean, even the the finals they lost, he was obviously suspended for the kicking the balls. And I, I mean, I still believe obviously he played. There's there's no way that uh, Golden State loses that. But now, like he he is like a complete non-factor on offense. Like he can't do anything from what he used to. I mean, I think he's sitting below thirty percent for three. Um, like obviously career worst. Like he can't he can't score. He can't like shoot from anywhere can't really distribute it's obviously a system that Kerr's like put him in so all he can do is defend and at that point like how are you going to give a guy who can only defend like 30 to 35 million dollars a year and the stupid thing is is because it's the NBA and teams have money and the NBA is flush with cash right now um somebody's going to do it somebody's going to give him an offer sheet and they're going to sign him to a max deal and I think personally a couple years from now um that it might go down as a one of the worst max contracts in a very very long time so it'll be interesting to see. I think, I think personally, he is so much more important to Golden State than I think he would be anywhere else because he has the Clay and Curry and Durant who score around him, so he doesn't have to do any of that, whereas he goes anywhere else. And, I mean, he's not a star. Like, that's at the end of the day, like, yeah, okay, he's great at defense, but, like, how much value? Like, is, is was Ben Wallace, a, like, a max player? Like, was Bruce Bowen a max player? Was Tony Allen a max player? Um, like, and these were, like, defensive studs. And, like, again, yeah, okay, Draymond can guard multiple positions, can rebound, can do whatever, but, like, again, can he? So that's really interesting. I, I personally, I love it because it's great. Uh, so we'll see what see what happens with that. Another thing I wanted to touch on was sort of the last week in the NFL was basically Antonio Brown and the Steelers and what's been going on with that because so it came out Antonio Brown, who's a superstar wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, basically last three years has been an absolute stud um, by all measure, probably the best statistically one like the best wide receiver for sure uh, even this year I think he still put up a th- over a thousand yards and was still unbelievable and so it came out that he didn't play uh, well he didn't play in week 17 and many people thought it was an injury or whatever but basically it was because it was a, he had a dust up with uh, Big Ben their quarterback Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin and just didn't show up to practice for the entire week and so Tomlin didn't play him and then it came out that Big Ben didn't like Antonio Brown and they got into it at practice and 
it's 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 kind of sad because it's 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 the ego, right? And you you can make an argument that okay, so the, their ego is why they are as good as they are, right? Because they they never these athletes like the like the Jimmy Butlers, like the Antonio Browns, like the Odells, like the LeBrons, like the Kobe's, right? Is their ego makes them so driven to be great and to be better and to practice and to bust their butt and to do whatever. But the thing with Antonio Brown I think is a little bit different is he's obviously wanted to become bigger than football. Um, and I think in a way he's probably jealous of like the, the love that Odell gets because Odell, I think obviously because of that catch, like sort of moved over to the mainstream media where even if you don't really follow football, you probably heard of Odell. The hair obviously helps because he's like that guy that you can see. And I think Antonio Brown was sort of jealous because he, he went on dancing with the stars a couple years ago, trying to be this like fun loving, um, celebrity that like everybody can look to. And I mean, he's just not that he's a great football player, but like, that's pretty much what he can do. And so he comes into Pittsburgh, uh, or obviously this past few weeks and, and don't get me wrong. Like he is, he is been unreal for the Steelers the last few years. And I don't think they appreciate as good as he is personally. I think he's probably going to get traded. Uh, I think the Steelers there's either they're picking big Ben and Tomlin or they're picking Antonio Brown. And I mean, they've shown, that they're not going to... I think the Steelers, like they did with Le'Veon, um, there's no way they're going to overpay an athlete who's not a quarterback because, I mean, at the end of the day, quarterback's the most important position in the NFL. So if you're not their big big star, then a big quarterback star, then you're not getting the money. Um, and it's it's really sad because I think, I mean, if he if he puts his head down, he, he keeps going and keeps racking up all these uh, yards and touchdowns. I mean, he goes down as one of the greatest wide receivers. But... His ego is really, really hurting him right now. The other thing is the Steelers, which I love, obviously, as a Ravens fan, is they were a complete shoe-in for the playoffs. I mean, they they had the division wrapped up. Like, the inter- like it was it was set. It was like they were going to do it. It's fine. And blew it. And they had terrible losses in Oakland, which still doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and then in the Broncos a couple weeks back. And then, obviously, the fumble by Schmitt-Schuster, um, Week 16, uh, against the Saints, which, obviously, I think they would have got in and he got the field goal, and then who knows at that point. So it's a it's a it's a great reminder, as a Baltimore fan, that uh, think I'm, I'm loving this Pittsburgh blowout because it's it's very very exciting. Then again, though, Baltimore almost didn't make it, so this uh, this could have been a, not even a conversation if, I mean, if 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 the CJ Mosley doesn't tip that and intercept that pass, I think Cleveland goes and they go down and they hit a field goal and they beat Baltimore in Baltimore when they were up by such a big lead. And honestly, watching the game last week, it reminded me exactly of last year because the the Ravens had the Bills uh, in the fourth quarter at the end of the game. All they had to do was stop them on fourth and 23 from the, like, 45-yard line. The, uh, uh, who was it again? The Bengals. They were in, yeah, in Baltimore. All they had to do, stop fourth and 23, just hold them to under 23 yards, and you win, and you're in the playoffs, and they blew it. And they gave Andy Dalton a touchdown, and the Bills got in. And the Bills were obviously absolute trash. And it was great to see Buffalo get a playoff game because Bills Mafia is hilarious to watch. But uh, it was a sad thing. So this year is obviously more exciting. The game's coming up tomorrow, Chargers game. I mean, obviously, I think they're going to win. But I again, I think they the fact that they played a couple weeks ago, I think is more in the Chargers' favor because they know Baltimore's offense. They know that it, they're just basically going to run it down their throat as much as they can. Lamar's going to get 20-plus 20 carry, carries, I think. Gus Edwards is going to get 15-plus carries. Disc, Dixon's going to get a bunch of carries. And, I mean, obviously, Jackson's still not a good pocket passer. He still he, he can't throw. With, I mean, there was a play, I think, third and five towards the end of the game where literally they need five yards to get a first down, and then Cleveland wouldn't have been in it. And they didn't throw the ball. I mean, they, they ran some weird pitch play that almost fumbled and almost was costly. And then again, you could even say in that Cleveland game that, I mean, Jackson fumbled on the goal line and the, and the refs 
blew the whistle, so the play was dead. But they, the, it was a fumble, and the Browns had it, and they were taking it, and they were going to run it back the entire way. So we got lucky to be here. Uh, thank God we're here. And, I, I mean, I think Jackson's a good quarterback. Obviously, needs to develop an arm. So we'll see how that goes. First, uh, good win by the Colts today. Just game just finished uh, here. So um, I, I honestly think there's a good chance they could end up in the Super Bowl uh, because they're – it's unbelievable how good their offensive line is. I mean, they, they went from, like, the worst in the league in sacks to, I mean, I don't think, they didn't allow a sack today. And they, Andrew Luck has so much time. And even though the weapons aren't great, um, I mean, if you if you can protect Andrew Luck, you, you can move. And the thing with the Colts as well is they move the ball. They can move the ball down the field quickly. Um, they have big play, like, T.Y.'s unbelievable. Ebron has been a stud this year, even though they didn't really uh, need Doyle, Andrew Luck's favorite uh, receiver. So I mean they're scary. I think they go into there's a chance they go into KC next week and destroy them, and then hopefully play the Ravens and then lose. But <laughs> if the Ravens win and play the Pats, but um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, but the the tonight game, the Seattle Dallas one, I think will be really good. It'll just be, I think, a running game. If Russell Wilson can do some Russell Hustle old school, um, just spin out of nowhere, create some crazy magic. Then I think the Seahawks have a chance. And then obviously I think Big Dick Nick and the Eagles. I uh, I hope I I pray. Out of the NFC, if if they could get back to a Super Bowl, that would be the best story ever. Um, because Nick Foles, and then obviously at that point you really have to think about trading Wentz. Um, but and I personally don't want to see Mitchell Trubisky being thrown in the next round against the Rams because that wouldn't be very exciting because it's Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, but the Bears defense is great. Uh, so so yeah, we'll see what happens. The other way, I think the first round of playoff games this year were really exciting. All the quarterbacks are decent. The game, the matchups are good. So. This is this, and then again, we I've talked about mentioned this on the podcast before. I hate the NFL; it's a garbage league. Everything around it sucks, and yet playoffs come around, and it's so engrossed and can't miss it for anything. So, we'll see how that goes. The last um, last sort of thing I want to touch on before I uh, before I leave sort of overtime this this time is um, I want to shout out uh, the Canadian tennis player Bianca Andreescu, uh, who right now is in the final in Auckland at the Auckland Open in New Zealand, and so impressive and she's 18 years old she's a kid from mississauga who has just basically burst on the scene out of nowhere uh she beat uh wozniaki in the round of 16 uh caroline wozniaki who's obviously won grand slams uh and venus williams who is a tennis legend uh to get there and unfortunately for me i haven't had the pleasure because of time difference and the game the matches are on like weird weird times i haven't seen her properly uh with a full match but I obviously rooting for her, and it's so exciting to see any Canadian tennis player when they come up. Obviously, people, this is what happened with Jeannie. Jeannie came onto the scene in 2014, and I mean, had the best year for any female tennis player that year. I think she went to the most. Uh, she went to every semifinal. Excuse me, in um, every semifinal in the Grand Slams that year, and was just an absolute stud. Obviously, made Wimbledon final and lost. Um, and then fell off a cliff, but <laughs> she did have a crazy year. And so obviously as a Canadian tennis fan, that was a very exciting time. And hopefully uh, something similar to this happens with Andreescu and she just kills it at the Aussie open. Um, the other thing with Jeannie is you just want to mention that like, it's, it's, uh, it's sad because I think I, I, I really did like what she was doing. I mean, anytime Canadian, I get, like I said before, comes on, bursts onto the scene, especially in a worldwide sport like tennis, you always, you always tend to watch and tend to, Tend to associate. Obviously, it doesn't doesn't hurt that Jeannie's a good looking girl, um, who people can uh, can look up to. Kids can look up to. Um, and it's really sad because she, I think she had it, and I think a lot of a lot of stuff got to her head. And 
I don't think the competition got much better. I don't think everybody else on tour was great. I think it was just she self-combusted and collapsed. And I think it was it was a lot of mental stuff. I, I remember like 2015, that was the year after her obviously big year in 14, where she she was a prime time on, in the Rogers Cup first round in the night game and fell flat on her face. I think she was up like 5-4 with break point, with like set point or something, missed and then just collapsed. Um and combusted and like so many unforced errors and since then I mean she's now it seems like you follow her on Instagram and she's more obsessed with modeling and IG and likes and everything else besides tennis and I mean I think a lot a lot people give her a lot more credit when she comes back and winning but right now she's just another tennis player on tour so either way that's not really about her I think uh, Andriescu shout out because she deserves a shout out um, hopefully she can get in with a win uh, with wins the final I think it's, I guess, yeah, tomorrow in, or tonight in Auckland uh, and then going to the Aussie Open. So the last thing is obviously come back to the WWW segment. I still need a better name, I'm trying to come up with ideas. If anybody actually has any ideas, please reach out to me and let me know because uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking hard, but I, I can't come up with one. So the weird, wild, and wonderful, what weird, wacky, and wonderful segment. And this weird week, I'm gonna, I'll put it up on the page, is the Nathan Peterman video. Um, and so basically what's, what somebody did was, so the NFL Network every year, they do like a list in the offseason of a top 100 players where they have basically all these players talk about this guy. And so somebody basically cut Nathan Peterman highlights, lowlights, <laughs> all his interceptions, sacks, all of that, and uh, put it in and showed, and it's just basically a cut of all these players talking about how amazing he was with the background of interceptions and everything. A, a, a side note for that is I, I wanted to sort of touch on it while I was in the um, over the break because um, it came out that he he got a contract in Oakland is it's astounding I mean statistically I think he's one of the 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 worst quarterbacks of all time and he has a job and all I can say is uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, go go get that collusion money because he's gonna get paid because those NFL owners every single one of them colluded so anyway thank you guys uh, appreciate it. And uh, yeah, sign off, and I will. Uh, I'll speak to you soon. It's time for the fact check with your host Anish Kaushal. Hey guys, just before the ending of this, I just wanted to touch on a couple things that I missed during the podcast. First, what was I mentioned? Uh, Shakiri came on the seventy-fifth minute in the Liverpool game. It's actually the seventy-seventh minute. Next one was I talked about LeBron scoring six points in the finals, and so he actually scored eight points uh, in game four of the 2011 finals, which they actually lost the game. Next one was I talked about sort of uh, uh, Jordan being an amazing defensive player, and so he actually ended up with nine-time first defensive first teams and was named NBA Defensive Player of the Year in 1988. Kobe Bryant, on that hand, also was a nine-time defensive first team member uh, versus LeBron has only been a five-time defensive first team member. Next one was, I, I said mentioned briefly in passing that Jordan put up 90, 69 points at the Garden, which alludes to Madison Square Garden, but that's obviously not true. He did it actually against the Cavs, and that was his career high. So when uh, the Steelers, when Mike Tomlin tripped, almost tripped to Kobe Jones in the Steelers-Ravens game from a few years back, uh, the Steelers actually didn't end up losing a draft pick for that, but Tomlin did get fined $100,000, which at the time was a very, very significant find. Second last thing was Harden. I mentioned the last 10 games averaged like 42 points per game. Uh, it's actually not 42, it's 40.2. <laughs> so it got a little bit confused there. But yeah, still, I, I, either way, he's been so impressive um, over the last little while. And the last one was I mentioned that uh, uh, on 
Bianca Andreescu beat Wozniacki, who I said had won multiple Grand Slams, which is actually not true because she's only won a single Grand Slam, which was last year at the Australian Open. So that's it for this week's episode of the podcast. I hope you guys did enjoy it and learned something that you didn't know before. Um, as always, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please reach out to me uh, at the Anish Experience on Facebook, at the Anish Experience on Instagram, or personally. Um, and uh, I look forward to uh, speaking to you guys next week. I'll be back in Europe. And so remember to uh, always stay curious. Mm-hmm.